0: My name is Kayla Spelling. I'm a Kentucky girl with wild hair and green eyes who's not just a photographer and videographer, but a midnight designer too. I'm a visual storyteller with a creative spirit that knows no bounds. As a creative junkie and Aquarian son, my love for all things creative runs deep. Being a visual storyteller for over a decade has allowed me to work with some seriously impressive clients across all spectrums, fueling my desire to learn and explore how people experience the world. What do they have in common? They all live and breathe their passions. So inspired by their experiences, I launched a podcast to hear theirs and other stories on how they broke the nine to five mold and pursued their true purpose in life. My goal is to empower listeners with knowledge and inspire them to live their most authentic and fulfilling life by following their passions join me on a journey where we'll explore spiritualism, consciousness, writing, culinary arts, tattooing, music, travel, media, and so much more. As an Aquarius, I know that I'm full of surprises, but one thing's for sure. We're in for a crazy journey into this world of creative junk. Hey there, fellow creative junkies. I hope you had an amazing holiday season. I had a blast being home in the States with family and friends, but now I'm back in Belgium, sipping on some hot coffee and uh, watching the snow fall from my window. Ah, winter. It's magical, but man is it cold. I'm definitely in hibernation mode, just really wanting to sleep all the time, but don't worry, despite my wintry Zs, I've got some exciting new episodes of Creative Junk coming right at you. Welcome, 2024. 2024. The perfect time to establish better habits and plant seeds for what we hope will bloom in the spring. And in today's episode, I am beyond thrilled to introduce you to the fabulous Brittany Brantley, FKA Lionhive. She's a paradox coach who will take us on a soul diving journey to kick off the new year. Paradox coaching is her unconventional and taboo approach to shadow work, work in quotations, without the need for a dark night of the soul. I discovered Brittany through our former guest, Amanda Stiltner, who worked with her and had a really amazing transformative experience. As I followed Brittany's posts, I couldn't help but be inspired by her unique coaching method and her ability to guide people through their shadow work. In Brittany's own words, after years of therapy, shadow work, affirmations, and trying to figure out what shadow work was all about, I decided to take a different approach. Her process focuses on pleasure, integration, and unlocking the potential of the subconscious. It invites curiosity and radical responsibility to create the life you've always wanted. So get ready for this episode as Brittany and I dive deep into her different processes, talking about people-pleasing, personal growth, her new podcast, astrology, and so much more. Enough of me talking. Let's jump into this incredible episode with Brittany. (laughs) Hey, thank you Hi. and welcome.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I, I just have to say, I've been so excited about this interview. Um, <laughs> I've been, ai guess, a social stalker ever since. So how this all started uh, with following you was through Amanda, uh, our mutual contact. Yeah, and she was posting about, it was like, a, I think like a year or two ago, but she was posting about her process of rewilding. And I was really fascinated about this because I hadn't really heard that before. And she had mentioned she was doing some coaching and stuff. And I really love that idea of, yeah, just like finding those that wild aspect of ourselves, the the parts of ourselves that we tend to suppress and um, alienate or hide just because of uh, com- conformity or um, social programming, anything like that, right? So it was just a really neat experience to watch on her social media, all of these things that she was trying to it's like find that childlike aspect of herself and to just let go and be free. And so when she mentioned you, um, I started following you. And then, yeah, I was just blown away by the messaging that you were doing and just the different communities that you had and stuff. And I thought it was really important to talk about on this podcast, because that's what part of what I'm trying to do in a way is help people find their passion, right? Find who they truly are, what makes them breathe, what makes that fire burn inside of them. And I feel like the work that you're doing is also part of that journey, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would actually love to share with you and you can link it in the description of the episode, but I would love to share with you a meditation that we just did for unlocking and understanding our capacity for creativity.
0: Oh, um, I and love like, that.
1: It's a meditation for getting into and kind of visualizing what your capacity looks like, right? Because we all have capacity for creativity, we all have capacity for creative expression, as long as we're not pigeonholing what creativity and art and all of those things are, right? So in this meditation, you go in and you identify like what your capacity is, and you identify the things that you're attracted to that are distracting you, right? What am I using to distract myself? Why am I doing that? Why is it here? And how can I like eject it from my capacity? Um, and it's it's a daily process of returning to that. So I would love to share that resource um, with you, with your community, whoever's listening. Like I would love to share that because it's one that um, like I return to it daily. I am a creative um, first and foremost, before I'm anything else in the public space, I'm a creative for myself. And so being able to identify my capacity, what do I have for me? What do I have for, um, what energy do I have to contribute to like bringing that creation to life, right? Those, Those creations have their own lives and I'm this like vessel bringing it to life. So what's my capacity for it today? What's my capacity for myself? What's my capacity for work, for whatever? right? Like my particular life and how can I, my goal is to right size all of that with priority on the creativity, right? Like creativity is the priority for me. So yeah, I am going to share that with you. Um,
0: I'm really excited. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. That's going to be Absolutely. Awesome. Well, before we get into, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, but I feel like that's just going to be a circle of rabbit holes. So I'm going <laughs> yeah. to try to keep, this air mm-hmm. sign going to try to keep it uh, focused. Um, and I really just want to start with talking about you, just kind of giving your background um, and how you found yourself on this path that you're on. Yeah. Um, I went to school
1: to be an early childhood educator Um, I knew, knew air quotes, um, from a really early age that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I found out later that I just decided something and was like, I'm just never going to think about that again. Like, I'm just going to make that decision now, get it out of the way. It seems like the biggest decision everyone makes. So I'm just going to decide what I do. I'm five years old. We're done right? So I went to school to be an early childhood educator, I got to my junior year, I have a Sagittarius moon, and I was like, Oh, no, I'm going to be restricted. And the only thing I'm going to be able to do is be a teacher. And I realized how quickly certificates were actually very limiting. They limit the scope of what you're capable of doing, they limit the scope into a very specific set of things you can and cannot do rules you can and cannot live by, and things like that. And so. I sat on that knowing for a year and a half and just like wasted a year and a half in college. Um, I was working for Apple at the time, a little online chat. So I've always been into like whatever like the current tech is and things like that. Like mm-hmm. that really sparked that interest for that. And I finally transitioned to um, child development, birth through death. Um, so human development. And, um, went into that, got a mentor was like riding high after that. Like, I was like, I can do anything that's related to this field. Um, my life as I knew it imploded very quickly, um, at around graduation time. Like my parents were divorcing, my sister was pregnant and not sure, like, what if she was like giving this baby up for adoption? Thank goodness she didn't. I love my niece. Um, But (laughs) we were in a very tumultuous time. And I was like, I got to get out of here. So I moved to Illinois, I went to work as a what's called a paraprofessional, a one to one with a student. Um, The types of students that went to this school were kids who Um, are on the autism spectrum. I hate that language, like spectrum doesn't feel right. I think of it more like a Sunday bar, but I digress. They're kids who are diagnosed with autism, kids who have exceptionally high needs that require them to have more prominent one-to-one connection than a public school could provide. So I did that for two and a half years. I was promoted like very quickly to classroom counselor. So I'm managing the IEPs, the B or the individual education plans, the behavioral plans for all of these kids, I'm sitting in on these um, meetings and helping modify behavior, helping modify how people show up. And I reached a turn point where I started listening to the autistic adult community and realized like, hey, some of the things that we do are not things that align with my values. So I made a shift. I started working with um, new and expectant mothers, connecting them to community resources through Catholic charities. And then I picked up my whole life and moved here to Georgia, where I am now. Um, I taught in the public school system. I left the public school system. That was my last attempt to do teaching the wrong way, to do my career path the wrong way. And I was... The last like job I had working with actual children, because I work with inner children all the time now. But the last job I had working with literal children was at a psychologist's office doing cognitive and behavioral um, retraining through this really cool program that I have no idea how I got like aligned with this person now that I'm like trying to remember it. But I was at the psychiatrist's office, like working with these kids underneath, like with supervision from the people the people running the program and it was just like really cool, but I just knew it was time to be done. Um, And so I quit all of my jobs with no, like there was nothing and I'm not talking like I quit with money in my savings account. I quit with like, I, Hey, they're going to give me two more paychecks and I'm going to figure it out. Like I, there was no, like, again, Sagittarius moon. I just know it's time and we're done. So Mm. I will figure it out after I cut the cord. Um, And so I started doing random stuff. Um, If you've never had a random stuff part of your journey, I strongly recommend a random stuff part of your journey because that's okay. where you like bring in life. So I was shooting, Um, I I was doing photography for a car dealership here, taking pictures of these cars, minding my own business. I didn't have to talk to anyone. I didn't have to be around anyone. It is me, a camera, a car, and a photo booth. Done. Sign me up all day. And I started to see two angel numbers over and over and over again. And every time I would drive cars off the lot, there were dragonflies that would just like amass on the hood of the vehicles, ride into the photo booth with me, ride back out of the photo booth back. And I was like, this is like undeniably present in my life. And I'm a patterns girly. So I was like, this is happening too much. Mm -hmm. And I started looking into it and I was like, okay, I don't believe in any of this stuff, but if I did, what would I be looking for? That was kind of my approach because I was very like, I grew up in the church. I grew up very opposed to these things. And so it was like, Hey, I don't know why I need this tool. I don't know why I need an animal messenger. I don't need know why I need an angel number for all intents and purposes. I have no like spiritual affiliation at this point. And Those two things, the recurring angel numbers, which are still numbers that follow me like presently and the introduction of my first animal messengers really like kicked the door open Kool-Aid man style into like the life that I'm living now. Like, I saw a tarot or not a tarot deck, an Oracle card from a sponsored ad that had a picture on it that was so moving to me. That like i immediately bought this even though i'm like i don't like any of this i'm so scared of all of this but i am like still clicking add to cart for some reason and um so i got that deck is the threads of fate original oracle deck and i made my lionhive account i was like i need to hide from my what i now refer to as my muggle account where i've had this account since instagram was created and I need to have somewhere that's just me, where people I know can't perceive me, and I'm going to retreat into my online space, right? I have been chronically online my whole life. So I'm retreating into this new online space. I started tagging threads of fate and everything I was posting because I loved the illustration, illustration so much. And I was so invested in all of it. And it was just like, think because I was doing what was so like, just right for me to be doing even though i was like just totally scared of all of the things i was doing and like learning them i because i was doing those things like i can tell now i can look back now and see like what i was magnetizing into me including them like i got my first like big break when blair who's one of the owners of threads of fate was like hey we want to be we want to put you on our website as a reader we love and i was like oh cool i have to write a bio (laughs) what? And talk about myself and say that I'm qualified to do this when I don't know that I believe that I'm qualified to do this, right? Again, putting me in a position to be braver than I felt, right? And that tends to be how I move through life. Um, I am fear motivated on human design. So I'm like, it scares me. I'm going to do that thing because it's really scary. And that means it must, there must be something on the other side for me. Right. So mm-hmm. what was on the other side of that was becoming a tarot reader, becoming an astrologer. I, again, was still doing random jobs. I was pet sitting, which, again, best random job ever. I, it wasn't my oh, business. I, I didn't have to make any decisions. I didn't have to do any advertising <laughs> like everyone else did all of that. And all I had to do was go see people's dogs or cats for 15 or 30 Love minutes that. at a time, drive in my car, mind my business. Again, beautiful. Beautiful. I have been with it was a period that I needed because even like working at the car dealership, the people that I worked with, it was still too much. I needed time not working with people to really begin Mm -hmm. a process of regulation and like bringing myself down so I could hear my intuition. So the more I kept like leaning into those things, the more I was like, "Okay, this is getting bigger than I thought. This is bigger than I thought and you know the the covid of it all right we're all sitting in our houses in march of yeah. 2020 going so what the fuck are we going to do right yeah. and um i was like i can't keep doing this like i don't want to keep pet sitting i want to do my job i want to read tarot all day i want to talk to people all day about their stories and hear their stories and archetypally display their stories in tarot and so once I said yes to that, it was like, it, it genuinely shocked me. Like I replaced my income in the first month. And it's not like I was making like a ton of money because I'm pet sitting, but I had already had such an impact within the, the, the small community I built. Like I'm talking like I had less than a thousand followers at that time and I'm replacing my income and it's not because I've got a thousand people at my door. It's because I've got a handful of people that are really invested in themselves, that are really invested in their stories and working out the kinks in their stories, right? And again, opening that door and saying yes to doing that full time and then realizing like, oh, not only can I like do this full time, I kind of already was when I started doing the math, I was like, oh, I'm doing pet sitting less because everyone's home and it didn't make any sense. like none of it made sense but i didn't stop to think about whether it made sense i was just like oh i'm quitting my job like i'm i'm done again like i'm done so this is done right and like the amount of time that it used to take me to be done right like it took me a year and a half to say i need to change my major now it takes me 10 minutes of going okay i'm finished with that we're done right like giving myself permission to quit things gave myself permission to make space and lean into something new and like not be afraid to make that space within myself. I guess it's probably like to draw a parallel all the way over to where I'm at right now, like making that space that's your capacity, right? I had to continue making capacity because I can't grow a whole new plant where there's already stuff growing and, and vital, even if it's not stuff I want, it's still growing, it's still rooted, right? So I had to go through those periods of like, uprooting before I could get to where I'm at now as a paradox coach as a community creator as and I mean like I invented those things (laughs) like it's not like someone was like we have an opening for community creator we have an opening for a paradox coach I was like I'm a paradox coach none of you know what that means so I'm gonna explain it to you yeah I'm not even really sure what it means but I know I am it I'm a community creator I'm making this community around the idea that there are other people like me who know that they have to face the things that are challenging in life in order to move through them and like me i'm hoping there are other people who want to create capacity who want to create community together so that we can all live like our lives together that was i left groups that were like we're all on the same mission and i was like no we're not we're not on the same mission. I'm on my mission and you're next to me and I want to do that together. I want to like cheer you on on your path. I want to get cheered on on my path, right? I'm doing my work. You're doing your work and we are shoulder to shoulder on our own missions, right? That's the community energy I have now in the hive. And so being able to progress from my first private community of like, is paradox play. And I've got a core group of women who are really interested in, growing through these challenging things to then grow it into, hey, I don't want to teach anyone anything. Like, I fully got into that. I don't want to teach anyone anything. I just want to reach people who are ready to hear what I have to say, who are ready to connect to my messaging, who are ready to connect to me. I'm tired of convincing. I'm tired of trying to teach, right? Because teaching is an exercise in convincing to a certain extent, right? I'm tired of doing that. I've done that forever. What I want to do is instead just be myself and connect to other people in community who are turning toward themselves. So now that's what I do. I turn people towards themselves and that might seem a little oversimplified, like, okay, well, what do you, what do we need someone like that for? But I can promise you if you were already able to turn toward yourself, the things in your life that you wanted to shift and grow through that it would already be done. Right? So being able to, I call it helping people in their story, being able to help people in their story, being able to tell my story and being able to talk to people
0: who wanna help me tell my story.
1: Those are the three types of people I'm interested in and that is what I build my whole
0: life around now. Well, hello there. I know that this convo is super interesting, but let's take a quick break. Here's a special message from our awesome sponsor experience pure magic and rejuvenation with Wicked Obscura, a women-owned apothecary and candle shop in Covington, Kentucky. As one of the owners of this company, I can assure you that we believe in the power of nature and spiritual well-being, which we infuse in every handmade item that we offer. Our candle selection made of coconut soy and infused with herbs and crystals give off an unforgettable scent while promoting a peaceful atmosphere. With Woodwicks and 100% safe ingredients, our candles provide a touch of magic in every home. Don't miss out on the special offer. Use code CREATIVELYWICKED at checkout to snag 15% off your next purchase and experience the true essence and light of Wicked Obscura. Start shopping now at wickedobscura.com. Use code CREATIVELYWICKED at checkout to snag that 15% off. Especially now and with what you're, you've been posting recently about the people pleasing and um, just in general, just like talking about just embracing those shadow aspects of ourself. Like I was saying in the beginning that we all tend to suppress, like everything about how we're made up is important. And we have to learn from all of that. And I feel especially in the spiritual world online and stuff, it's overly saturated with this love and light messaging and this very like getting rid of negativity and all of this stuff, kind of like oppressing that shadow side again and alienating that and like get rid of the ego. And it's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no. We need all of that, you know? And so I think it's so crucial that you're here now helping because people are – waking up more, right? They are coming more into their spiritual selves, but they're also being hit with all of these things in in this saturated world of spirituality. So I think it's so awesome and so crucial that you're here right now talking about this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of messaging that centers around... Basically, like, I never want to be triggered. I want to get to a point where I'm never triggered because if I'm triggered, that means I still have stuff to work on. So right away, your spiritual journey has something to prove for and about you. And it means that you're perfect. And I am not interested in that. I'm not interested in spirituality that pursues perfection. Again, I've already graduated from the church's teachings in that perspective. I've already graduated from the process of being, um, constrained into a box that limits my identity right that's the ego the ego is the existence that says here are your rules live by them right and when things are subconscious like they're so genuinely below our consciousness that our motivation and sometimes even the doing of it is below our awareness and if i can insert myself and go hey (laughs) just so you know This is probably why you're doing that. Or maybe have you considered the possibility that, you know, one of the questions I love to ask people all the time, is it possible that blah, 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 right? I love to play the game of possibility because it's like, sure, you have seen your life through this particular window, your entire life. But when someone like me comes along and goes, I'm going to spray your window. I'm going to squeegee it off. Now tell me what you see, right? I'm not changing anything about you. I'm not changing a single thing about you. I'm asking you, do you want to keep that dirt on the window? I can squeegee a corner, right? I can do the whole thing. What you see on the other side of that, that's what we're going to work through together, right? I'm not a mirror. I'm not reflecting you back to yourself. I am saying, what do you see? Is it possible that this is what's on the other side of this window and that's why you're so afraid? That's why you're afraid of cleaning the window. That's why you're afraid of doing it, right? I ask people to be with their discomfort for even just 1 minute longer. Are you willing to be with your discomfort for even 1 second longer, right? I return to it all the time. This 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 is such a helpful life skill, right? Like we I think it is very common to have thoughts that you're just like, "Oh my gosh, this is an intrusive thought. I wish it would go away," right? Mine tend to focus all on the same thing, which is centered at the root of like abandonment, right? But I'm perfectly secure. and perfectly connected. So one, I hear that intrusive thought as like, hey, maybe you're getting close to capacity. We probably need to take a break. And I also hear it as an invitation to ask myself, what am I so afraid of losing right now? Am I afraid of losing it because I love it so much? Could I be with my own loving sensations for one more minute before I lose them? Right? It's all about degree by degree. And so much of the spiritual community and the messaging that people get is like, your life's going to change overnight, right? You're going to ascend and you're done and, you know, whatever. And it's like, yes, your life can change overnight, but it takes a lot of days to build up to that night, right? It takes a lot of time to build up to that. And I teach people to be with how uncomfortable it is to let things take the time they take, right? you have to be a gardener and a gardener can't go outside and dig up the seed and go, okay, has it sprouted yet? Like, no, you just put it in the ground. It's not doing anything yet. Right. I teach people how to be in that process of rooting, of cracking open, of bursting through, and then the ultimate decay of what has grown and what new that, that decay, how, how does it feed the soil? I teach people how to be with the natural process and in our reality, in the world that we're in of instant gratification and quantum leaping and whatever other quick fix pill, whatever you want to call it, right? In that world, it's I've done it. So it's done. And that's not how this works. So being able to show people how to be with discomfort, right? How to be with the discomfort for a little bit longer to get to the thing that they're trying to get. That's teaching them capacity. That's teaching them to be with the paradox of life, which is that I have it already and I'm still creating it, right? If I have it, how could I possibly be creating it? And being able to deal with that paradox, being able to deal with the paradox of both wanting and having, which is the paradox of being totally enough, right? It's so uncomfortable to tell ourselves we're totally enough. Yes. And being able to show people, hey, this isn't a quick fix pill. You are not going to be able to get where you're trying to go right away. And every realization that you have comes with the deeply uncomfortable process of integration. And when I say deeply uncomfortable, like I want to be clear, it's kinky as hell. Okay. We kink is anything uncomfortable we do with consent. And being uncomfortable in growth is that right like people get so scared of opening up their 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 creative energy to that but your creative energy your sexual energy your sacral energy all of that has to be moving and so when i say it's kinky i don't mean like you're going out like you know paddles and things like that i mean like it's kinky is, in you're uncomfortable you're uncomfortable and i'm going to help you be with that discomfort so that you break through to the other side of your authenticity right? So that you have one more degree of yourself, right? That's the, that's the mission. And so much of what we see is people saying, turn toward my process, turn toward the way I do it, copy and paste my six steps for success. And it's like, no, no, there are so like, In a world that's focused on instant gratification and quantum leaping, I teach people how to actually quantum leap in this realm, which is to attune with nature, which is to attune with our birth, growth, death, rebirth cycles. I teach them to be with all of those processes by not teaching them a thing, by saying, well, is it possible that this is what you're trying to get? And well, are you sure that that's how you want to do it? Because it sounded like the way that someone else wanted to do it. And I'm just not sure if that's you. Right. I see people and then I say, well, you're this this you that you're cultivating is is diametrically opposed to the you that you're showing up as. So why is that? Right. Like I, I, act- I just wrote a piece last night. I was like, it's so hard for me to share client feedback on social media because people don't leave my sessions feeling lighthearted and blissed out. People <laughs> right. leave my session having just walked through hell. Okay. yeah, you're covered in ash and you're still smoking and you're excited to come back for more because you're motivated as hell because you showed yourself you could do it. Right. And you showed yourself you could do it your way because I told you do it your way. Don't do it my way. It doesn't matter doing it my way. Right. And so much of educating people is saying, do it my way. My way doesn't matter. The reason I'm doing it matters. Right. The reason I'm getting into capacity matters. Because that calms down my nervous system. My nervous system that's calm doesn't need to people-please people. And when I don't need to people-please, I don't create art from my people-pleaser. Yes, absolutely. That is what I'm pursuing, is my creativity, my art, right? Getting out the, the perspective that other people are trying to pour in and going, well, again, I don't know how to do this. But if I did, what would I do? Right? Again, it's just a game of possibility. It turns off the part of me that's scared of learning something new or scared of like what I'm going to find out. It puts it in the passenger seat instead of the driver's seat, and now I'm driving both hands on the wheel and I can I can create my intention from my values instead of the fear, right? The fear of not being enough, of
0: looking a certain way, like all of those things. Well, and I mean, really like all of that, like for really for me, a lot that hits home for me is a lot of like, to me, this is like a lot of deprogramming, right? Because it's like at such a young age we go in and we are instantly programmed to believe certain things, to see, think certain things, whether it's from our parents or especially from school and things like this. Um, and so going back to, to that heart of us and our inner selves and, You know, it's like if say you do have a specific kink and it could be sexual, why do you feel ashamed that way? Did someone tell you to be ashamed because that's how you feel like you need to express yourself or any of these kind of things? So, yeah, like I think that's such a beautiful an incredible process that you take people through. Because um, it really is, it is like peeling away and pulling off all of these things that have just like attached and armored onto you to really open up, like you said, crack open and find who that authentic self that it's like a that self-liberation moment. Like I can only imagine, like that's probably so incredible to help people get to that point. It's such a messy
1: process because you I, as the person showing up for other people, have to check my ego at the door where it means something about me, whether or not you're happy. It means something about me, whether or not you're successful, right? Um, If any teachers are listening to this, you know you have to address that right away. It cannot mean anything about me. If my kids, my students, my my one-to-one, it can't mean anything about me, whether or not they're successful. Right, and not that it doesn't mean that I maybe don't need to grow as a teacher or something like that, but that failure is part of the story. And again, I'm teaching people how to be with those stages of growth. If you look at to get a little um, more theoretical about it, we have our trans-theoretical model of change. Most people stay in this pre-contemplation where you never actually enter the continuum of change. But people who are right on the threshold of crossing over from contemplating into action, those are people that find me or they're already in action. But what we forget and what so many coaches, spiritual coaches, body coaches, relationship coaches, forget to show people is that on this model of change, relapse, which is failure, which is falling off, which is shifting the habit, getting it wrong. That is a part of the process. Absolutely. Right? Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. It's it's one of the most important parts. Because when you fail, you get to actually participate in the real process, which is the return to something, right? When I fall off, the return to it says more about me than the falling off of the thing did, right? And being able to show other people not how to be with their failures while not feeling sad about it. Being with their failures in a grounded and centered way means being with your failures with your whole heart open to the vulnerability, the pain, the excitement, the the refresh of stories, right? Being with it instead of being away from it. And the the I just I can't, I don't know. I, I, I can't play in the love and light realm because that's just not who i am like i i have been a very creepy person since i was a kid okay (laughs) i lived across the street from a cemetery i'm spending my time walking around like finding the oldest people finding the youngest people Mm -hmm. like cleaning them off just walking around entertaining myself right i spent so much time doing weird shit. right it never occurred to me that other people might then later be like, oh, that's weird or that's bad or like whatever. It wasn't until I really grew into myself that I started to become fearful of what other people thought. Because just like you described, like we're in our subconscious state until the ages of six to eight. Um, A great book to check out if you're genuinely wanting to make change and you want to recruit your mind to help your body is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. In the beginning, he talks about the different brainwave developments you go through and how they correspond to your subconscious and conscious development or your ego and your shadow development, right? So he goes through this process and describes that up until the age of six to eight, kind of depends on the person, the trauma, the unique story, whatever, you have both feet in your subconscious realm. So kids are at their most vulnerable for being impressed upon until the age of eight. All of your subconscious programming happens before that time, right? The meaning you make of it doesn't get applied until later, right? So around the ages of six to 10, you have one foot in the subconscious and one foot in the conscious realm. And you're then drawing conclusions and applying meaning over here in your conscious world. So you're learning to navigate your world. And then around the age of 10 to 12, you have both feet in your conscious world. Well, that's middle school. When people all of a sudden start being really mean to one another and feeling really confused and feeling really conflicted, right? And it's because our bodies have absorbed up to 12 years of messaging. And now we're having to act out those rules and we're seeing other people live by different rules. It's like being in a jungle and you're like, why do you get to act like that? And I have to act like this. And, you know, she's so pretty. I hate that. She wears short skirts. I hate that. And it's like, my rules are dress modestly. Don't. Focus on your appearance, right? And so we're clashing with all of our ego rules and your ego rules. And it sounds like, oh, girls are just mean to each other and boys just bully each other. And it's like, no, we've taken in all of this. I got to a point working with kids where I was like, damn, the kids are actually all right. It is the parents, the adults who need help, right? And so being able to go, okay. If kids are the most vulnerable up until this age, it's in my best interest to co-create a society that supports parents being as grounded and centered as possible, and as present as possible with their kids. That's my mission. That's my secret mission to take care of the kids. Spoilers, I wanna take care of the parents so they can take care of their kids. I wanna co-create a world where they can take care of them so that adults don't grow up with as much pain that they have to then pour back onto the kids and it creates this self-fulfilling cycle, right? Being able to pursue my mission helps other people pursue their mission. Who am I to prevent that from happening by not showing up because I'm scared or not showing up because what is someone gonna think? Or and being in my own people pleaser state, right? I had to actively, like I like the, the language that you use. I used to use the hashtag um, subconscious reprogramming because that's so much of what's happening is we're pulling stuff out of your unconscious awareness, bringing it into your conscious mind and going, okay, just look at it for a second. And you're like, oh, I can see that differently now. Um, It's not as highly charged. It doesn't have the emotional story attached. So now I can just kind of set it down, right? People give us stuff all the time and it's our job as adults to begin setting things down, right? The I I describe it as sloughing off, right? Washing away, sloughing off, just pouring water on and on and on until it's soft enough to just begin pulling away in chunks, right? It sounds gross, and it is because we're dealing with subconscious matter. Like again, people don't leave my sessions feeling like blissed out; they leave my sessions going, "Wow, I can do hard things." Yeah, right. I'm empowered to live my life in such a way that contributes to my overall happiness and my overall ability to be with the challenges
0: and joys of life. So, and you mentioned astrology, you being an astrologer, which I'm totally into astrology. Absolutely love it. And one of the things, part of my journey was learning my natal chart and how much that just Totally opened up my eyes. Um, literally seeing this divine blueprint, basically, of the energies that I carry and understanding those strengths and weaknesses that I'm tended to, things I karmically might be working it, on in this life, but then also just in general. Um, yeah, just having a better understanding of myself. You know, one being I'm an Aquarius sun, my moon is Scorpio, which can be hard at times, but you understanding shadow, it's also a beautiful thing for me because my side doesn't like to deal with stuff, but that Scorpio just nags me and it's like, no, you got to face this whether you want yeah. to or not. Um, and so do you, and part of your coaching, do, is astrology fitted in there? Like do people with like learning their, their charts and stuff like that? I was curious. Yeah, I, um, as you can tell
1: from the conversation that we've had thus far, I speak astrology like it's a language that I'm switching in between, right? So my clients may not come to me really knowing much about their birth chart, but I'm the type of person that I'm not going, I will speak to you at the level that you're on. So I'm not going to be talking about degree theory when you don't know what your sun sign is, okay? Like, (laughs) I, I, I come from a background of speaking to people in a way that they can understand. And showing up in a way that, that, that they can receive the most out of how I'm communicating, right? I have a mutable Mercury sign, which means it takes whatever shape it needs to, right? So being able to share with people about not just the things that happened to them, as I see it on their chart, but the potential that they have for, I call it personality development, persona development that your chart has capacity for. I think human design is actually way easier to do this in because human design is a little more cut and dry as opposed to astrology. Astrology, you know, this, this is there's a lot of intricacies that go into it, but being able to share with people the potential that they have, validate the experiences that they've had, validate the perspective through which they see the world. And then again, clean that window and show them like that you, they can look through it with fresh eyes at any point. That's one of the ways I incorporate astrology into my daily practice or into my daily practice with with clients. Another way is reminding people that astrology is an ever changing thing. So, <laughs> if you're experiencing a hard moment, that planet's going to move. That that luminary, the moon is going to move, the sun's going to move. There's going to be a different energy, a different day on the other side of today. Keep going. That is one of the biggest positive influences that astrology has had on my life is a reminder to keep going is a reminder that it does not matter what I'm facing right now, like to be a little kind of cheeky with it. I'll have new problems in a couple of weeks, it'll be fine. This right here, this won't be bothering me as much. And that's not a way to bypass it. It's a way to ground in and say, okay, if this moment's gonna leave me soon, how can I be more present in it? How can I be here now, right? How can I be where I'm at and be present in it? So I also use astrology to narrate the struggles and validate the struggles that people are having and remind them that the planets are always moving. This moment is going to pass. And you can keep holding on because you know how to be here, right? You know how to be here in this moment. And something is going to be on the other side of this moment, right? We don't know what it is yet. But if you show yourself how to be in this moment, you're going to be more capable of being in the next one, right? Astrology is such a powerful tool for mental health because things are always moving and progressing. Things are always changing, right? Um, And it gives people the opportunity to reflect on their mental health with some of that healthy, I'll say detachment, where now my mental state doesn't mean something about me, right? Maybe it means that I need to do some regulating work or maybe it means I need to detox from doing or maybe, you know, whatever. But it doesn't mean anything about me as a person now. It doesn't mean that I am mentally ill. It means that I need to rest. I need a break. I need I need time away from the story I'm telling myself most of the time. That's what we actually need rest from. We need rest from the stories we're telling ourselves. So I use astrology both to to. Give people a language to understand some of their points of growth. It's like a language to orient yourself around and also to give them the tool to cultivate hope, right? I can't give you hope, but I can give you a tool that you then use however you want. But the way that I use it is to gear towards hope, is to remind myself again, like hope is a hope one of the biggest things that we have to do in order to create collective change. And again, that's my mission is to create collective change. And one of the things that we have to do is make our hope durable. And I teach people how to make their hope durable, how to make their self-trust durable, right? So that they can go into those moments. I always say like, so that you can go into those moments and I'm not going with you. I'm not going with you because you've turned your own voice on. And yes, it maybe sounded like my voice. I have clients tell me all the time, you were in my head this morning. And I'm (laughs) like, was I? Whose voice did it sound like? Did it sound just like mine? What are we doing with your voice? What does your voice say? Right? Because it's easy to go, oh, well, this person gives me hope. This person gives me self-trust. And then every single time you try to outsource that to me, I say, are you sure? Are you sure that's me? Or, Or was that you? Did you do that? right? That's what I'm interested in is telling people you can do this. You can do it without me, right? Like I kind of joke and like, maybe this is like taking the people pleasing too far because like people pleasers are like, I'm trying to get you away from me. So maybe that's what I'm trying to do. I'm playing the long game on my people pleasing and going, yeah, so when no one needs me, I'll go out into the woods, mind my business. it will be great. Right. But like, That's kind of the language I use. Um, Alan Watts is a spiritual entertainer. I love his work, his philosophies that he shares or his interpretations of other people's philosophies. And he has an intro to a talk that's actually I like. cut the audio to use for the intro for our podcast. And he talks about his perspective of work as being that of a physician. Now, not physician like we think of them now, not a doctor, right? But a physician, as opposed to a clergy person, a clergyman wants you to keep coming back. A clergyman needs you to pay tithes, to pay taxes on the building. A clergyman needs you in the seat. A clergyman needs you believing the things that they believe. And a clergyman needs you bought into the community that they have. But a physician, when a physician is operating from intrinsic motivation and a a place of generosity and compassion and grace, then my goal as a physician would be to get you as healthy as possible so you don't need me, right? That's the perspective that I operate from is like, I want you to be so empowered in your own durable sense of self-trust, your own durable sense of hope for yourself, for the world, for whatever it is. I want you to be able to access those whenever you want, right, without me, Being there on the other side of the screen saying, Hey, remember you can trust yourself. Hey, remember you're trustworthy to act in your own best interest. Right. And again, like it seems maybe kind of simple what I do, but when you get into the complexity of the human brain and the resistance we put up to things, it sometimes takes other people to sit with you in your shit. Right. Again, I don't teach anyone anything, I share resources. I share perspective. And most of the time we're having conversations just like you and I are having, right? We're not going through and parsing through an inner child experience and we're not going through and you're channeling your inner child all the time. And it happens when you're on autopilot. Congratulations, you're a psychic medium. You are a channel and you do it all the time. That's what I tell people. Like I'm teaching you how to fine tune those psychic skills so that who you're channeling is someone you consciously want to channel, right? I'm teaching you how to get that, that vessel kind of, in a place where maybe you're not as inflamed spiritually, physically, or emotionally, right? Ideal in mind, body, spirit. That's everything. But I deal with it from such a specific perspective. And the perspective is that your perspective is right, and my perspective is right, and that perspective is right. And so it makes for a really fun game. It makes for a game of possibility. It makes for a game of self-exploration and gamifying your life is how you get through to the other side, making it play, making it a game.
0: Guess what? Yes, it is that time again. Time to pause for a moment and listen to a special message from our incredible sponsor. Divinely selected places have secrets and mysteries within them that cannot be explained, manifesting as hauntings spectral entities, and supernatural energies, and are all found around the world in the most obscure corners. Unveil the best-kept secrets of the world with mysterious adventures tours. Immerse yourself in the mystical explorations of curated travel experiences, handpicked by passionate ambassadors and guides. Brace yourself for an unforgettable journey that promises to carve out memories like no other. Satisfy your wanderlust by visiting MysteriousAdventuresTours.com to learn more about their future tours. It's time to tour the mystery and embark on an enigmatic odyssey that will leave you spellbound. You briefly mentioned, so I thought it was like a really nice segue to talk about your podcast that you've come mm, yeah. out with can tell me tell me more about that because that, that uh, looks really fun i'm
1: so excited so um i my husband and i are starting a podcast called your favorite cult chronically unfiltered lovers talk show um so this is our place to share the conversations that we have about um the ways that we see the world i see the world in a really specific way the way that I see the world tends to spark something in other people, and we wanted to have a platform for this. Um, my husband and I are both um, what we refer to as evangelicals. We were raised in the Southern Baptist Church, which, um, under the Southern Baptist Board, that is a high control group by definition. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, we literally met on a mission trip that my church was hosting, and I saw him across the room and was like, "That one's mine. <laughs> I'm 15, but dibs. Like this one's mine, right?" And we both evolved separately to grow out of the church in our own ways and came back together. And, you know, we both, we both hit that point of um, the pendulum swings the opposite way. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of this. It's all fake. And then settling back into the middle. Right. So we've swung from being in a high control group to absolute and total freedom. Right. And centering back down on the middle and being able to speak to these spiritually controlling groups, these perspectives that actually create a pervasive nature in your subconscious patterns, right? Like, thou shalt do no wrong. What? My entire existence has already been just like cut off. I can't show up like that. It's an unrealistic expectation. And so being able to share with people the ways that some of their spiritually sound, ways of thinking or being actually strengthen and sharpen their ego their patterned beliefs their conditioned beliefs and ways of being that's one of the things that we're focusing on these high control groups online high control spiritual groups are on the rise they're on they are raging
0: oh my gosh that's insane
1: yeah being able to have a platform where and like it's not just that they're on the rise in just the spiritual groups right Business people have figured out how advantageous and lucrative these spaces are, how lucrative people's searching for themselves is. And Mm -hmm. I have a huge problem with power dynamic exploitation. Okay. So when you're exploiting the power dynamic that someone else has trusted you with, I have a problem with it. And being able to, like, I, I, ref- I use the language graduating from the church's teachings, because I think that the, the natural graduation step is leaving the church, is leaving the church's teachings to embark on a spiritual journey that's just for yourself and determined yeah. by yourself, right? And so exactly. we left that on our own. And then I have managed to subconsciously surround myself with people who their parents experienced very traumatic cult experiences. And they, as a result, have like immediate life experience because of the experiences their parents had. People who left high control groups. I have multiple people in my immediate orbit who have left online control high control groups, okay? And that's not something that they disclose to me until I shared about what we were doing. So it's like people that I know and love and care about are living these stories yeah. on their own and I want to give space to it. I left a, a group that when I left it was like, I see where this is going. Yeah. I see where this is going. And you have brought me in as a coach. I'm not coaching in a high control group. I'm not coaching right. in a capacity that says, come to me for every question you have. Let me feed you every answer. Let me give you all of the feedback so that you continue to want to plug into me, right? You keep people from their spiritual journey and what Carl Jung refers to as their individuation journey, where you do truly learn who you are, right? You keep people from doing that when you keep answering their questions. You keep people from doing that when you keep them plugged into you answering. And that's what I saw from the leader in this group, right? This is someone that I worked with, that I coached who then asked me to show up as a coach in their community. And I was like, sure, like, this sounds great. I believe in your mission. I believe in bringing spiritual energetics to the business world, being able to show people how to live the life they want to live. And it very quickly became, Mm. oh, I'm going to tell people that I know nothing. They know everything. But then every time they ask me a question, and these people are constantly asking questions because they're at the point of their spiritual journey where they're awake and aware, but unknowing. And so they're just looking for answers. And that is a legitimate point in your spiritual journey. And so yeah. they're at this point and you are saying, hey, I've got my own abandonment issues, my own fear of being alone and unneeded, so plug into me, feed me, feed my bottomless well with your energy so that my ego, my identity, my bank account continues to be sharpened at cost to your spiritual integrity, at cost to your journey. Again. I've got a fucking problem with exploitation of power, of exploitation of money that people give you. Yeah. I have a massive eighth house stellium, which is Scorpio's house. Scorpio rules where Scorpio's Taurus is opposite. So Taurus rules our earthly realm, things that we have to spend time, energy, love, money, attention, and trust, right? I have those things to spend. But when I draw the line to Scorpio and I look to the message, the medicine that Scorpio has from that 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 Scorpio can offer to Taurus, it is values that transcend our earthly realm definition of values and pull in something more meaningful, something more tied into the contract that binds human to human, which is compassion. Compassion is the contract. Right, that's what that's what happens when you show up centered right between Venus and Mars, right? That's what happens when we incarnate here. We have a karmic contract for compassion, right? Yeah. Now you can say no to karma. You can say, no, you got free will, that's your business, right? But I was like, I cannot show up in this space and watch you do this to people, but I'm too scared to do anything right now because you have a lot of power. You have a massive following, you have people who have a cult level following and belief and trust invested in you over time. So the only thing I can do is send you a message and say, I'm leaving, I'm done. Yeah. And I don't need to offer you any explanation. What I need to do is slip the fence and figure out how to get myself safe before I try to offer myself up in front of your issues to protect these people. I can't protect anyone if I am not showing up for myself. I have to love myself, take care of myself. I call it slipping the fence. I have to take the collar off, hop the fence, and run as fast as I can in the other direction until I get to a point where I can recover, where I can regulate And then I feel brave enough to tell you about your shit. Then I feel brave enough to say, hey, by the way, because there was a lot of confusion about why I left and it was intentionally kept dark. Right. And this is again, this is something that I held him accountable for and called him in on. Right. He was given this opportunity to take responsibility for it. And he did not.
0: not. It was deflected. You
1: should have told me then I could have handled this. Then this would have been a problem if you had done it then. Well, guess what? When people don't disclose things to you it's because you haven't made them feel safe enough what's your responsibility in me feeling like i don't have the ability to communicate with you yeah. what does that say about how you show up as a person because to me my behavior it says your power your influence scares me because i can see the potential because i see what you're doing to other people why would i go you know what i really think that as a person you got some growing to do. You're projecting your own loneliness kink onto other people. No, I'm not your coach anymore, right? Now I'm a peer. And when peers show up like that, I am no longer a peer, a colleague with those people. That's a boundary, right? Boundaries are what I do when. I don't stay in situations and work experiences and relationships where people exploit power. And I'm a coworker. I have no obligation to you as a person. I don't owe you free coaching. I don't owe you life growth. You have to do those things for yourself. And so when I was recovering from all of that and like really accessing, let's be clear, recovery started with accessing my anger because I just said, oh, well, I can't do anything about this, so I need to leave, right? That's what I told myself at the time. I can't do anything, but I know I need to leave. But I was really mad, right? And so it wasn't until I began really processing this anger, right? And our anger sits in our sacral chakra, the same place our sex mm-hmm. energy does and the same place our creative energy does, right? So I'm sitting in that space and it's, it's so much is coming up. I have so many things happening, literally my physical body that are showing yeah. me that I'm moving through anger. And then um, my husband and I were having sex one day and I had the name for the show come up as let's start a cult. And I was like, oh, that would be really funny. Like, let's start a cult. Ha, ha. Like, but we're going to talk about the cults that people have started. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about yeah. this. And I just set it down, put it in my text inbox to myself. I text myself all the time and just set yeah. it there and was like, all right, like, I'll come back to that. If that, if that grows a little bit, we'll see. And the more my anger grew, the more this thing grew. And I was like, uh oh, now we've got like a cancerous level of growth happening in this thing, right? Cancer is what grows like that. Cancer is what grows when inflammation happens. So I had to stop growing this and start focusing on, I had to stop growing the show and had to focus on moving through and being with my anger to find what was the wholeness of this show. So one day we're like minding our business, driving down the road. And I was like, Oh my God, it's pop culture. That's the other half of me that I hide from all of these spiritual people because they're like, wow, you spend a lot of time watching TV. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I like interpret the world is through media, right? But in all of these communities that are focused on doing and productivity, and I want to get in alignment so I can make a million billion dollars. I'm like, I'm trying to get in alignment so I can enjoy sitting on my couch and not suffer and think I have to fold laundry every time I sit down. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to live a very normal life, right? So being able to get to a point where my system was regulated enough to move past the inflammation of anger into the wholeness of it, like I said, was it's, it's bringing pop culture online. It's bringing the things, the ravenous fandoms. I am part of ravenous fandoms, right? I got into, I had a just like stupid popular Twitter account in like the 2010s because I was shit posting about the stuff I was watching all day, and talking about going to the gym, talking about going to class, talking about, I was just talking about my life. And people were like, Oh, my gosh, this is really cool. And you're obsessed with the show I'm obsessed with. I was Mm -hmm. in a really dark place. I got into the show community, a guy I worked with at Apple was like, Hey, you would love this show. It's totally your humor. Right. And so he came over one night, and we watched the first episode. And I was like, Oh, my God this is really good. And he was like, get on Twitter. I have some friends online that you would love, right? So I got into this online community of community fans, right? And these people, incredible, passionate, crazy, okay? Like, I'm talking like Together as a community, we staged flash mobs outside of NBC studios. We organized three conventions and invited literally everyone related to the show, actors, people who directed, people who wrote, right? We had these crazy experiences sitting on Zoom with writers of shows that we care about simply because people cared so much that they were like, what if we took this caring to the next level and really went all in on how much we love this? and let other people see how much we love it and let other people see how weird we are for loving these things so much. Right. Yeah. And so I got into this community of like, we're traveling across the country to meet up as friends. Right. Because we have cultivated such a beautiful online friendship that we want to see each other in person. And that's literally what I'm doing with my private community now It's like, hey, we all kind of just like to get stoned and talk about witchy stuff and read tarot cards and talk about astrology. And get a little naked in the woods sometimes. So if you want to hang Damn out, it. if you want to meet up, come join the hive, right? We, we talk on yeah. Sundays, we read cards. And like, that was my return to that part of me that was like, I don't have anything to do, but just be in this community. And it started with getting into a show called Community and getting into ravenous online fandoms, right? And like, so I'm excited. I have panels planned for Swifties to talk about why being a Swiftie is the best cult to be in. Right. That's, That's what awesome. unlocked mm-hmm. for me after I let the inflammation, once I was able to be with it, once I was able to be with yeah. the anger, I was able to find the whole picture of your favorite cult and get to the yeah. name, your favorite cult, right. To get to something that ultimately encompasses the tongue in cheek. I'm going to make a little jokey joke, but I'm still delivering the medicine at the same time. Right. Like again, right. Like a doctor, I'm like, hi. Yeah. Isn't this cute kid? Like, okay, here we go. Here's your band aid, And like the kid doesn't know what happened. Right. I describe my approach as like an acupuncture needle. I'm not hurting you. I'm just going to get it exactly where it needs to go. I'm going to tell you exactly what I need to share. And then we're done. Right. So being able to give your favorite cult, this kind of potency where like my husband and I are building this around the actual way that we live life. Like we're getting a GoPro rig for the car, because half of the time we podcast in the car, because we drive a lot, we live out of town, you've got to drive 40 minutes to get to town. And we're talking about stuff that then I go talk to clients about and it changes their life. And I'm like, why am I letting this die in the dark? Let's open this up, open up the ways that we see life. And then live our happy ass little life, sitting on our couch, playing our board games, hanging out with our dogs and not giving a shit about any of that, because none of that means anything about us. All it means is we're showing up for our mission. And that's all I wanted to do, because everything that actually means something is sitting here right here at this coffee table with us. Like, that's what's important. That's also why I named my Substack Lionhive's coffee table. It was Lionhive retrograde forever. And I was like, no, I'm ready to bring people in. I'm ready to let them yeah. see my coffee table, to let them see what <laughs> I'm looking at, yeah. let them see what I'm picking up and setting down. That, that is why I want to show up like this, because your favorite cult, and I can already feel it with some of the stories that people have brought to me about their own experiences. Like people want a platform to name names. People want a platform to say you hurt me and I don't have to speak nicely about you. And guess what? I am not love and light. You can come on here and say, fuck them. And that's fine with me, right? And like, that's what I want, is to make a space where people feel safe enough to say, ow, that hurt. Yeah, This hurt me. And I want to let this hurt out of my body. I want to express it so I'm not suffering with it on the inside on my own.
0: Man, I love that. I'm so excited. So when is that going to be live? Is that live now or is it? I... uh
1: I'm really having a hard time putting a date on it. Um, I am very like, oh no, people are going to hear it. Then it's actually <laughs> going to be real. And like, again, like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like backing away on the screen because again, it's such high sensation and I am really like, I, I can feel the final stretches of like opening up more capacity. For this, yeah. Like I can tell that I'm at those final moments of stretching right before the breakthrough, right? And I don't yeah. mean breaking where your muscle stretches too much and now you're broken. I'm right at that point where, oh God, I have enough space and this isn't going to devour. It's not going to consume me. I can be obsessed with it, right? And We've got Venus and Scorpio. Honestly, I'm trying to get it out before Venus and Scorpio ends and mm-hmm. out before Mercury retrograde starts. So we have until the 13th to put the first episode up. I'm very excited, right? Um, I have a massive Capricorn stellium. My husband has Me a too. massive Sagittarius stellium. So this retrograde is giving, okay? It's giving. Now tech has not been enjoyable. We recorded a 22 minute show yesterday and then it was like, <sighs> what show? <laughs> we didn't record anything. Um, and that's fine because we have so much to yeah. say. And like, it was that, it was that humbling moment of, Yeah, that was a really intelligent, reflective conversation, and it doesn't matter because you still have so much more to say. Those thoughts aren't leaving you. And it was an exercise in detachment from what it means about me to be able to do this, to show up for it. Like I have been so vocal about the challenges I have personally experienced growing through this, and I'm going to continue being like, yeah, just so you know, it's hard because so many people pretend like it's so easy and for some people yes it is easy to just crank it out do it show up but for Mm -hmm. people like me who have the deep desire and deep fear i want to show them that it's okay to be as scared as you are and to keep walking toward the thing that you know is right absolutely doing it so um before december 13th we will have um the first episode up we've got um One meditation up right now, by the time this episode airs, um, another meditation will be up because I'm going to share that with you. Um, These meditations come from my private community too. We do them every Sunday. I make them up on the spot. So this is not something that you can like, okay, this is the, you know, insert whatever meditation. It's literally just like, what's on my heart? What have I been talking to clients about all week? What have I been thinking about, talking about, creating about all week? And now what is the numerology of the day, say, and here is our ritual, or here is our meditation, here is what we're going to be with, because I look at meditation the same way I look at capacity, it's not about being able yeah. to meditate and stay perfect. It's not about being able to clear your mind and whatever, it's about returning to meditation It's always about returning to the meditation. So when I return to these meditations, I return to my ability to be in my capacity. I return to my ability to connect more truly to myself, to take off masks or to reconnect to old identities that used to be a mask in a new way, where now it's actually just me putting my own face on. It's not inauthentic because this is how I would do it, how I would use it. So being able to share the process of what it's like to go through my process, that's one of the that's why all of this people pleaser stuff started opening up because I was people pleasing in my yeah. art, in yes. my creativity. Yes. And yeah. I started ranting about it on my stories and was like, I'm not going to put this on my stories. I need to tell everyone. And because I started putting it out there, now my account has grown more in literally a week than it has in like percentage wide the entire time that I've had this account. Right. And that's incredible to me because I need that growth to connect people to the show. I don't care about the growth. I don't care about the numbers. I care that more people are going to have access to my show. I care that people are sending me messages like, thank you so much for sharing this. I was literally on the brink and you're pulling me back with this information and I'm seeing life differently. That's what I care about. Yeah, that's it. So it's like, Getting to have this platform where, yes, we can talk about these serious things because it is very serious that people are basically submitting themselves to being controlled and people are exploiting their money, their trust, their attention. Yes. All of those things are very serious. And when you talk about serious things, again, I need levity to balance it out. That Sagittarius moon needs a little jokey joke so we can get through to the other side. We can get through, we can take the medicine and we can move on. Right. And so being able to. Bring both of those sides in, it felt like cult was finally full. It was finally a whole thing and not just like my anger propped up as like
0: this thing that I, uh, this hill I need to die on. You know, I just want to say thank you so much for using your platforms, using your voice Mm -hmm. and just really, like I said, you're just here at such a crucial time and it's so Evident and so inspiring. And Mm -hmm. I definitely engage with your social media and it speaks a lot to me. So I just want to thank you, even coming from me personally. It's definitely helped me Mm -hmm. in reshaping some thinking and social norms and stuff like that. Kind of trying to break a lot of that programming that I still have and I'm constantly working on, embracing that shadow side of myself um, and showing it love um, and acceptance. So thank you so much for that.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. That is that's that's it is you seeing yourself you being able to return to yourself and me getting to be the person that shows up as a wall that's like what if you went that direction because you've been walking this way for a minute like just try it that's all that's all I want to do is just go hey you've been doing this for a bit go the other way and see what happens right like yeah that's it that's all I want to do is be able to share so I appreciate you giving one, showing up in my space and being open to receiving, but two, creating a space for me to come on to talk about our show, to talk about my community, to talk about,
0: Absolutely. honestly,
1: myself, like I'm I'm my special interest. That's how I got into all of this is learning about myself and then wanting other people to be have the opportunity to experience the liberation, the self-reclamation that comes with knowing these things and not just bury themselves under the condemnation of these things, of these experiences.
0: Right. Absolutely. And yeah, this will go up um, around New Year's, which I think is going to be perfect. So it'll be like the first week of January. And I think that's just going to be so good for people to hear, kind of ready for those New Year's resolutions and kind of that new way of thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this is really going to help get people thinking and kind of on on their own path. That's what we want on their own path, whatever that may be. Yeah. So- I would love to give an
1: astrology disclaimer
0: about our New Year's resolutions,
1: okay? It's Capricorn Absolutely. season, Capricorn season. You're riding high, you got boss bitch plans, you know who you are. And then Aquarius season comes in and is like, like, uh, you were taking that a little too seriously. We need to be a little more detached. And then Pisces season comes and you're like, do I just not know how to have any habits at all? What has happened? So when you're embarking on your new year, remember that these winter, we're still in winter. It's a good time to look ahead to your spring garden, so to speak, metaphorically. Set those goals back here and then use Capricorn, Aquarius and Pisces season to address the habits that would later support you being that version of yourself. We're not worried about being that version of me yet. I'm not worried about being in capacity yet. I'm worrying about making a habit that's gonna help me be in capacity. I'm worried about making a habit that's gonna help me Decrease inflammation, so I people please less, right? When we're in Capricorn to Pisces season, we're in that winter end of dying, so that's the perfect time to let die all of the stuff that you identify. That's life audit time. Audit yourself, see where you fall on this like capacity, self growth, understanding self journey, and then use those three months those those three months to really shed habits and plant a seed, a seed, just one, pick one juicy seed, and work your way all the way around it, right? It's so beautiful to emerge in spring going, oh, I have the habits right now that support the goals. I'm not worried about the goal. I'm just worried about showing up every day. So if your goal is to show up every day, being connected to and relating to your people pleaser, that's beautiful. That gives you habits to build back in January so that you're like, okay, if my people pleaser is more easily activated when I take last minute phone calls, I'm going to practice setting boundaries where I don't take last minute phone calls or make last minute plans. You know, my boundary is this is what I do when. So being able to assess at the beginning of the year, hey, what boundaries are going to help me come spring? What boundaries, what habits, right? Because that's, that's what a boundary is, is a habit. What habit's going to support me in working on this goal come spring, right? That's how I look at like, I I like to attune with nature. So if you have ever felt like, wow, I set these goals and I do great for like three more weeks and then I fall off. That's because we moved into Aquarius season. It's not you. We just need to revise the process, right? So winter is when you make plans, right? and you pull, you you revise from the old plan. So winter is analysis time. What didn't work last growing season? What do I wanna see this growing season? I'm right here in the middle of last growing and new growing. So if I can be here right now, what would that planning look like? What kind of things would support? I like to think of like a tomato cage, right? A tomato cage isn't necessary until the thing starts getting a little bit bigger. So let it grow a little bit, right? It's growing just a little bit. And then come spring, you put the plan over the top and go, okay, now get big, be strong, be supported, right? So when you're um, listening to this show and you're like, hey, I really wanna make plans that stick, remind yourself the best plan to make in winter is to address what didn't work back there and figure out the difference between what didn't work and getting it to work, right? And again, I don't know how to make it work, but if I did, what would I do? That's a beautiful question yeah. to start with. I don't know how to hit the goal, but if I did, where would I start?
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. 2024. Let's go. Let's yes. do this. Yes. Heck yeah. Oh, thank you so much for doing this and being You're on welcome. here. And I hope that you have a super awesome 2024 and I'm looking forward to keeping up with all of your projects.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to listen to this when it airs. And I would love to invite anyone that's listening to this. Please follow me. LionHive underscore. That's where you can find me. All of my stuff is there. And then anything else after that, like all, all of the other stuff is is linked, of course, where all of the stuff is linked. And I will share my links with you. But my Instagram is the first place you're going to find stuff. It's the first place. I'm sharing resources. I share perspective. I share dumb stuff, funny stuff, like all kinds <laughs> of stuff everywhere in between, because that's life, right? So come yeah. connect with me there. That is my mission. It's just connecting. I want to connect to people who are ready to connect, who are ready and open to to receive. So. Absolutely. Join the hive, right? Yes. Join the hive. Please enter the hive.substack.com. I love Substack. If you want to get something going in the new year, Substack is a great one. You can monetize your writing, your creations. You can do it for free. It's just your email list. Then it's just your email list. So you can use it for everything. It's beautiful. Um, Tell Substack I sent you. (laughs) Please. Absolutely. Let them them know that I love them. Right? So, yeah.
0: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Brittany. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. This podcast is brought to you by MindJunk Creative, a creative agency that creates brands and experiences rooted in visual storytelling. By exploring your mind junk, MindJunk Creative is able to tap in and explore all of your wild ideas that you may have viewed as throwaways and use them to create engaging stories and experiences for your brand. What's your story? Go to MindJunkCreative.com and follow them on Instagram. Well, let's give a big round of applause to our amazing guest, Brittany. She totally rocked our world with her incredible inspiration. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling super motivated to dive headfirst into some serious self-exploration this winter. But wait, there's more. Make sure you click those links in the episode description and show notes on our awesome website, creativejunkpodcast.com. Why... Well, you'll find ways to connect with Brittany on social media and check out her coaching services on her website. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on that. And here's a little secret for you. Brittany has a new podcast called Your Favorite Cult. Yep, it's that good. So make sure you add it to your listening list. And hey, don't forget to keep coming back to our website for all the latest updates from our extraordinary guests on Creative Junk. We've got some seriously juicy stuff in store for you. And if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Come on, find me on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or any of your go-to platforms. And leave me a review and share it with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. Also, if you have any thoughts on today's episode or must-hear stories, hit me up at hello at creativejunkpodcast.com. You know that I love hearing from you. So until next time, catch you later, folks. did you love this episode? Well, let's continue the chatter on Instagram and Facebook. We can dish about the latest interview and catch up on all things, well, creative. Plus, check out creativejunkpodcast.com for show notes and other juicy resources to satisfy your creative cravings. Don't miss out on the fun. And hey, thank you for listening.